Welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyons podcast. We hope that this message encourages you and blesses you. You know, um, over the past uh, several months, well, I guess almost a year now, we have been in a state of COVID, right? We have, I mean, right now, if you look around, we're all wearing uh, masks. One of the highlights of my life was walking into the bank with a hat, sunglasses, and a mask. Yeah. I, I, for some reason, I felt like a bank robber. I don't know why. But uh, has anybody else experienced that? It's just kind of odd, right? Yeah. It's like we, we're doing things that we normally wouldn't, in fact, we were told we couldn't do before. It, it's just incredible. And the church landscape has changed so much, too. We are doing things different than ever before. Like right now, there are people watching on Zoom right now. Hi. How are you? Everybody say hi to them. Hi. Hey, we miss you, right? And um, there, there's uh, people watching the gospel all around the world who weren't watching it before, who were not listening to the gospel. And you want to know what? Um, I'm not glad COVID happened. But in some regards, I am for some certain situations, such as being able to introduce more people to the gospel. Right. Amen? Amen? So I see the highlights of things, too. I, I, I personally, I have not been able to go in a facility and preach to my church in a while, okay, since what? The last week of February. It's been a long time. So I'm excited to be here this morning speaking to you live and not just in front of a computer screen <laughs> at my desk. Um, it makes a big difference. It, it is, it's completely like detached, but you still can hear the Word of God, right? But you don't get that personal connection. Well, I love what's going on with the message just being spread out. I love that people are coming to know Christ. I love that churches are realizing the importance of reaching out in different ways. And this morning, we are going to speak on a message that it's called the heart, complications of the heart. And uh, or heart complications, and it's part of a series that I'm developing um, on the heart. And um, I just really think that it's really important that we recognize that our hearts is where we need to focus a lot of our time and energy. And so um, we're going to go into that. But let's pray, Father. We just thank you for your word. We thank you, God, for the privilege of being able to meet as a congregation, Father, at home and in person, Father. We thank you, God. For the technology that has allowed us to be able to proclaim your word to the nations of the world. Father, we thank you, God, for the privilege and the honor to be able to speak before your people today. Lord, we thank you, God, for all the good things that you are doing in our lives. God, we thank you that you have a plan in this situation that we face, God. We thank you that you have a direction for us, God. We thank you, God, that you challenge us and you, you help us to redirect our steps based on your word, Father. And we give you all the thanks, we give you all the praise, we give you all the honor, and we give you all the glory that you deserve in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So the heart, it all starts with the heart. Everything starts with the heart. Uh, it's important to note that whatever you do, wherever you go, whatever you experience in life, that it begins with the heart. I know that uh, whenever I was going through my schooling, that if I did not have my heart in it, I never would have made it. I know that if you're facing a job, if you don't have your heart in it, you're not going to make it at work. You know, you can go through and you can go day in and day out and you can be detached, but it's not going to last very long with your employers because your passion 
will not be there and it will not extend to your work. And they're going to recognize that. It changes the performance you do. But when your heart is in something, when your heart is in something, you put everything you have into it. Amen? Alright, so there's a 59-year-old Massachusetts highway worker named Kevin Sullivan. Okay, and so he um, told reporters from the hospital room that he did not think twice before he served his, uh, before he swerved his truck into another vehicle because there was a, a truck that was coming that was going to hit a state trooper. And it was his job, it was his job with working with a pothole crew crew and with uh, uh, the police officer and everything to make sure that no one was going to hit them. So what he did is when his oncoming tractor trailer rig was not slowing down, he realized that, he thought really quickly and he said, you know what, I need to do something. I need to put myself in the middle between this truck and this police officer. And so as the truck approached, Sullivan angled his heavy-duty crash truck, designed to protect highway workers from cars, to blunt the impact of the unsuspecting officer's car. The oncoming semi plowed into Sullivan's truck, sending it tumbling down an embankment. And though the uh, big rig still hit the police cruiser, thanks to Sullivan's actions, the officer suffered only minor injuries. Sullivan uh, suffered uh, a chipped cheekbone in the collision. Afterwards, both of his eyes were, were um, swollen, and if he was to get a handshake, it would hurt him. From this hospital room, Sullivan said, I thought I'm going to get it. It's my job. I'm the first line of defense on the workers. And let me suggest to you today, before we continue, we are the first line of defense in this world too. Yeah. We are the carriers of the message of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are the line of defense that stands between hell and salvation. Right. We have the Holy Spirit who leads us to people who he's speaking to and says, repent. And we are the carriers of that message through love. In many ways, what Kevin Sullivan did for the state trooper is a picture of what Jesus Christ had done for us. Isaiah 53, 4 through 5. In God's word says, he certainly has taken upon himself our suffering and carried our sorrows. But when we thought that God had wounded him, beaten him, and punished him, he was, he was uh, wounded for our rebellious acts. He was crushed for our sins. He was punished so that we could have peace. And we received healing from his wounds. We received healing from his wounds. I don't know about you, but I think that that deserves a little pause right there. I don't know about you, but that deserves a little bit of praise right there. Listen, man, I'm going to repeat it again. He was wounded for our rebellious acts. He was crushed for our sins. He was punished so that we could have peace. And we received healing from his wounds. I don't know about you, but that deserves a little bit of praise. I don't know about you, but Jesus Christ coming down, I know we hear it Sunday after Sunday, and, and as we, we listen to other preachers online, but that deserves praise. Yes. I don't know if we remember what praise is, but why don't we just give him some praise? Yes. Why don't we give him some praise? 
Jesus Christ, he came down for our healing. He suffered for us so we can be free and sanctified. And that is great. We can never, ever lose the praise in that. Life can throw curveballs when things go unexpected, right? We all know that all too well in 2020. Man, I tell you what, I have some stones for those prophets who said 2020 was the best is yet to come. <laughs> right? No. I still believe there is good things. I still believe that God has something good. I believe that God is doing something good. But you know, 2020 has not gone like people expected. 2020 has not been the path of the clear vision and look out. In fact, people are very unclear. You get on the line with pastors and we... We're like, what direction do we go? How do we, how do we lead in this, in this pandemic? How are things? And it seems like there's no clarity sometimes, and we have to focus on God more intently, which is also a good thing. Yeah. Now, we're seeking God even harder. And, and I believe that God's people are seeking God even harder. And you know what? We can do great things yeah. when we seek God. Man... So life can throw curveballs when things go unexpected, but the decision of how we will react can change everything. Kevin made a decision with his heart to have the best solution to this outcome that was going to happen. We too can live like Kevin. We too can live like Kevin. You cannot live without heart. You cannot do great things without heart. And we must live for Christ with heart. It all starts with the heart. I think about, you know, I have this mask right here, which was brought up this morning. I think about sports. I'm not really a sports follower, but I see people cheering for sports all the time. I see the heart and the passion that people put into sports. I see people willing to fight for sports. They put their heart into it. We too can put our heart into godly things. The heart is complicated. The prophet Jeremiah wrote about Israel's complication of the heart. It was due to their lack of obedience. Now Israel had a track record of, of disobedience already, right? They had done wrong. Many times before they get close to God, they turn away from God, they get close to God, turn away from God, end up in captivity. It all happens over and over again throughout the scripture. And now, due to the lack of obedience, the judgment was upon them once more. In the beginning of chapter 4, it begins with an appeal to Israelites to return back to God once again. Here's Jeremiah 4, 3-4. And Jeremiah presents, he begins by presenting God's warning to Israel. God was trying to get his, the attention of his people. God was trying to get the attention of his people. God often provides warnings where a redirection of heart is needed. Sometimes our hearts have to be redirected. They have to be steered back towards God, guided back towards God, gently brought back in towards God. Jeremiah 4, 3-4 declares this. This is what the Lord says to the people of Judah and Jerusalem. Plow up the hard ground of your hearts. Do not waste your good seed among thorns. We have to be able to till and plow our hearts. 
We have to make sure that they are gentle and soft and ready for the Lord to speak within our hearts. O oh, people of Judah and Jerusalem, surrender your pride and your power. I'm going to pause there because I know pride can easily become a thing. I know that pride can easily creep in. I know we can sometimes think that we're better than we're not. That we're better than we are, you know. It can easily creep in. We can think, I got, I got this nice house. I got this money. I got this job. I'm doing great. It's all, everything rests on my shoulders. And that, that, that might be a good blessing of God. But it doesn't rest on our shoulders. Because everything comes from the Lord. Every blessing comes from the Lord. So we have to make sure that our pride is in check. I know that it can become so easy to struggle with that. Anybody else? Anybody else? Yeah. It can become so easy. And power and think that we control everything. But we have to be able to surrender just like the people. He asked them to surrender their pride and power. To change your hearts. This is what it continues on. Change your hearts before the Lord. Or my anger will burn like an unquenchable fire because of all your sins. God was preparing his people for a return back to him. God was preparing them. He wanted them to return. He wanted to see their hearts come back to him. And it was because of their hearts would not return to God that the only other option in this situation was for their enemies to prevail. I don't want that to happen. I don't want the enemies to, uh, to, uh, to succeed in my life. No. I want my heart to be redirected and listen to God. I know I've done and made stupid mistakes before. I have fallen on my own pride. And it, it hurt like falling on a sword, right? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about? It's like when, when you go out and do your own thing and you, you, you realize that, ooh, I went off and did that on my own and I left God behind I don't want this message coming to me. The people did not listen to the warning. Sometimes we don't listen to the warning. Amen? Amen. And it was because of their disobedience and because of their refusal to turn back to, the, uh, to turn back from their wicked ways that the prophet Jeremiah is now delivering an alarm direct from God. This is like when I lived in Missouri, there was this, uh, we lived in a uh, small town and there was this, um, there was this um, a tornado siren. And every once in a while I'd go off and just, woo! Just kind of like that. And, and it would go off and it was loud. It was a pain. It was annoying. But that warning served to let us know something was coming. That there was a tornado coming. And we'd hear that all the time. And it, woo! And you know what? We're thankful for the warning. But some people don't heed the warning. Some people don't listen to the Woo! I don't know, I like doing that in church. I don't know. But some people don't listen to the warning. And we must take heed of the warning that God gives to us. God is speaking to the people here in Israel, in Judah. Shout to Judah, he says, and broadcast to Jerusalem. Tell them to sound the alarm throughout the land. Run for your lives. Flee from the fortified cities. These are all exclamations. So, raise a signal flag as a warning for Jerusalem. Flee now. 
Do not delay, for I am bringing terrible destruction upon you from the north. Why did he do that? Because they did not heed the warning that he had given to them. Push forward on God's people and they began being overtaken. If they did not have, it did not have to be this way though. They did not have to be overtaken. What he did is he, in the beginning, Jeremiah had said, do these things and come back to God. Repent. And because they did not listen, now they were being overtaken. They did not listen to God's word. This is why the prophet Jeremiah declared in the passage, this is our key passage. Jeremiah 4, 19-22. My heart, my heart, I rave the pain. My heart pounds within me. I cannot be still. For I have heard the blast of my enemy's trumpets and the roar of their battle cries. Waves of destruction roll over the land until it lies. In complete desolation. Suddenly my tents are destroyed. In a moment my shelters are crushed. Seeing all the devastation around. If you can picture this in your mind what's happening. The land's being overtaken. The tents are being burnt down. Everything is being destroyed. If you can imagine the devastation. How long must I see the battle flags and hear the trumpets of war? How long is this going to continue? How long is this going to keep going on? My people are foolish and they do not know me, says the Lord. They are, ooh, strong words, stupid children who have no understanding. They are clever enough to do wrong, but they have no idea how to do right. Mm, that is some strong words right there. How many times do you see the word stupid in the Bible? Mm. I feel like I've been one of those stupid children from time to time. How about you? Mm -hmm. How long? How long, O Lord? The world is complicated. The world is complicated. Our hearts are complicated, but the world is complicated. The world is filled with so much pain at times. We can look around us and we can see the difficulty day in and day out. There's too much that we are facing. And it seems like our hearts can grow very very, very weary at times. In fact, people are struggling with depression right now, but the church has the answers. Christians have the answers. Believers, we have the answer. We have the love. Think about the, the troubles. Just let's bring it to our realm in America. Think about the troubles that America is facing with race relations, with hurricanes, with fires, with elections, and with economic fears. Think about all the stuff that we are dealing with, all the pressures, all the all the anxiety that we can have. We turn on the television and we, we search through social media and we see all these things. We hear other people talking and it feels like there's so much pressure constantly, right? Yes. Is it just me? No. Sometimes it feels like we're being overwhelmed and bombarded by opinion. Yes. Yeah. Our hearts can be overly burdened by everything that's going on. Life can be uh, filled with heartache. And our hearts must remain aligned to God's purposes, though. Amen? Amen? Aligned to God's purposes. We can be in this world, but really be affected by the outcomes of worldly complications. We don't have to be affected by worldly complications. No, we don't. 
This doesn't mean we stay in our own Christian bubble. I know some people like to stay in a Christian bubble. I just said to my mom, my, my parents are visiting me, and I said last night, they, I'm like, well, we can wrap you up in a bubble, because she wanted to, she's like, I need to put my, my food in the microwave and the plastic so that the contaminants from the virus that'll get me. I said, I can put you in a bubble. And so I just kind of laughed, but she didn't think it was funny. No. But, but we don't stay in our Christian bubble. We can't, and we don't ignore the problems that others face. In fact, we are to love those around us and ensure we are offering a helping hand to those in need. Amen? Oh, we become our best selves when we realize the words written in Matthew 6.21, which we'll repeat a couple times in this today. This teaches us, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be, will also be. Let's say that again together. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Mm. How good is that? How good is that? Very good. Our focus doesn't have to be complicated. So our hearts can be complicated. The world can be complicated. But our focus doesn't have to be complicated. Amen? Yeah. Daniel prays. Of the people's, uh, of the disloyalty of God's people, once again it happens. And Daniel understood the importance of leaning on God and not on man. While people were in distress, Daniel sought God because he knew the focus didn't have to be complicated. Daniel 9 17 through 19 says, O Lord our God, hear your servant's prayer. Listen as I plead. For your own sake, Lord, smile against, again on your de uh, desolate sanctuary. Oh my God, lean down and listen to me. Open your eyes and see our despair. I almost feel like we should say that this morning with what we're facing. Let's say it together. Oh my God, lean down and listen to me. Open your eyes and see our despair. We need God to help us, amen? We need God to deliver us from everything that's going on. We need healing in our nation. We need racial healing. We need economic healing. We need election healing. We need, you know, we, we need healing. We need healing of our hearts so that we have a proper perspective so that we don't focus on just the here and now, but we focus on the eternity that we will have. And on the eternity that others will have. Now my hand is this for a reason. And this for a reason. If we know Christ. Here's our eternity. Heaven. If we do not know Christ. Here's our eternity. Hell. And those who are over here. Have a stopping gap. We have the answer. For those who are going here. And we must share our faith. See how your city, the city that bears your name, lies in ruins. We make this plea not because we deserve help, but because of your great mercy. I agree. Because of your mercy. Because of your mercy. Oh Lord, hear me. Oh Lord, forgive me. Oh Lord, listen and act. For your own sake, do not delay. Oh my God, for your people and your city. They're your name. And Lord, we pray for your people. 
We pray for your church that bears your name. We pray that you won't let us lie in desolation. We pray that you will be lifted and exalted. That you will let your church engage communities. That you will let us find new ways to reach out and to transform this world by your spirit. Oh Lord, your church who bears your name. Amen. Amen. We make this plea not because we deserve your help, but because of your mercy. Amen. Our focus can be simplified just as Daniel prayed. We can pray for our cities, counties, state, nation, and world. We can pray for our families, workplaces, different people groups, leaders, and the healing of our world. I don't know where it switched to, but it just switched to somewhere. All right. Ah. Our focus is complicated when we focus on this world's issues. But our focus is not complicated when we remember, once again, Matthew 6.21, which reminds us, let's read it together, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. We are not made for this world. We are made to change this world. Amen? Yes. We can have uncomplicated hearts. And this will fill in the blanks for you guys, okay, on the second slide. We can have uncomplicated hearts by following the directions of the Lord given through the prophet Jeremiah in the first verses we read in Jeremiah 4. The people were asked to plow the grounds of their hearts and not to waste their good seed among the thorns. What this can teach us is, to, is how to have a deep repentance. To allow the word of God to rekindle and flow within our hearts in deeper and more meaningful ways. And to keep us away from things which will cause us to live in waste. Yeah. When I was writing that, I was like, how powerful is that whenever we enact that? How powerful is it? What it can teach us is to have deep repentance. Deep repentance. Allowing the word of God to rekindle within our beings, within our souls, to flow within our hearts in deeper and more meaningful ways. To keep us away from things which will cause us to live in waste. May I challenge you that in this time when we are in self-isolation, whenever we are keeping away from thing, from other people to stay away from sickness and, and disease, and we are trying to uh, make sure that others around us are not in sickness and disease, that we also take a spiritual isolation as well. And that we take the time to isolate ourselves from things that we have allowed to attach onto our lives that have allowed us to have some compromises in different areas potentially. Yes. And to get that to the root of where God has called us to be as believers, those who are righteous, those who are different, who are set apart, those people who don't go the same places and do the same things and watch the same things and listen to the same things and laugh at the same things. We are called to be set apart as a jewel. 
We cannot. God desires the seeds of repentance to be grounded in suitable soil. And suitable soil. We cannot allow distractions to keep us from our godly purpose. We must seek God and strive for godly things. Listen to this. I, I, I've grown a garden. I lived in Missouri and I grew a garden. And uh, it was my secret garden. No. The, the secret garden just came out again, by the way. Great movie. Movie of Virgin too. And uh, I watched it about it. It was great. Um, but it reminded I just thought of secret garden, so I thought I'd throw that out. I don't know why. But uh, we we strive for godly things. But but here's what I think about a garden. I, when I was planting in Missouri, is I had all these plants that I wanted to plant, and I took from seeds. And before I could plant them, guess what I had to do? I had to buy some tools, right? I had to water the ground, soften it. I had to get all these weeds up, all this grass up. I had to make sure the soil was good. Just like we need to do in our lives. Soil yes. is good. And then I planted them. And then I kept having to pull the weeds. And make sure no more grass came, right? And pull the weeds. Make sure no more grass came so I could have a harvest. And sometimes we forget to keep pulling weeds. Amen? Yeah. A great garden cannot grow in a field of thorns. Did you know that? Oh, we cannot allow distractions to keep us from our godly purpose. We must seek God and strive for godly things. Oh, we can have uncomplicated hearts by preparing our hearts to be separated unto God. Just like Abraham was able to submit himself in every confidence to God and to make sacrifices, we can be ready to separate our hearts to God and prepare ourselves to live with every confidence that God is our source. I love knowing that God is my source. Sometimes, I don't know, I think it's pride. I, for me, I think it's pride. And sometimes I think I have to figure it out and do all these things and work this hard and get things done and keep going and keep going and just try to try to prepare for my need. And, and then I come to realize that, no, it's God who prepares for the need. Yeah. It is God who takes care of it. Yeah. God is my source. God is my healer, my provider. Man, isn't it crazy? It's like we have these little checkups. It's like going to the doctor and we have these checkups. And God just wants to remind us of some things. He wants to remind us to continue forward on the path that we are that we are living. In the in the church in emerging culture at Bible perspectives, Brian McLaren writes, rather than seeing the gospel as proposition, as propositions mechanisms, abstractions, or universal concepts. I came to, to see the gospel as a narrative story. He sums up the statement by saying, we cannot truly tell the gospel without telling a story. Our message is, a heart, is at heart a story. And Matthew 13, 34 from the message version says, all Jesus did that day was tell stories. A long storytelling afternoon. And the reason why I kind of put this in the message is because 
once we prepare our hearts, once we do all this stuff, once we once we, we call to repentance, we prepare our hearts, we 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 begin to root up the weeds and everything, it's time to share the gospel. Yes. It's time to get the gospel out. And the way that Jesus did it, I think is the best way. He would share stories. He would tell people in stories and parables. He would explain. And I think that it's so powerful whenever we tell stories. We, we don't just quote scriptures at people. We can't quote scriptures, but we can tell stories of the good things that God has done in our lives and begin to make the word alive and back that up with scripture. And I think that's very powerful because people are going to relate to your stories. People are going to relate to how God has changed you. And we have to be willing to settle down and, and remove some of that pride to be able to say, you know what? I wasn't always this way. I used to I used to be here. And God, He raised me up. Yeah. And God, He transformed my life. Yeah. God brought me from that horrible person that I was before. Someone that was on their way to hell and brought me into the light. He brought me into the grace. Yes. He gave me the forgiveness. That I needed. He paid the debt for my sin. That story lets people know that he can, if he did it for you, he can do it for them. That it's not just a story in some book somewhere. You backed it up with the Word of God. But you're, the power of the testimony is so great. Jesus told stories. So, in closing today, I say, let's live in deep repentance. In deep repentance. Let's not allow distractions to keep us from godly things. And let's have confidence that God is our source in these times. To not deter, not get depressed, not get swayed, not allow ourselves to be fearful about what may come tomorrow, or what the church may become, or what we will eat, or what we will wear, or, or anything like that. Will we get sick? Will we not get sick? God is our source. God is our provision. We need to, we need to use wisdom. But He is our source. He is our provision. He is our hope. He is our forgiveness. He is the, the love that we need. He is everything we need. He's the, the, the patience we need during this COVID. You know, I know sometimes sitting behind a computer all day and all night, you need some patience. You need some, you know, you need to know his love whenever you're away from everybody else and you're just there with the computer and no one to talk to for computer. But these times might be challenging. But God is challenging us to do Great things for his kingdom. Live in deep repentance. Don't allow distractions to keep us from his purpose. And have confidence that God is our source. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you, God. We thank you, God, for your presence. We thank you, God, for your anointing, God. We thank you, God, for the things that you do in our lives, God. We thank you. God, that you just prove out of us, God. God, in the middle of the storm, in the middle of the seasons that we face, God, that you prove in us. And God, we ask that you just help us to 
not just self-isolate from others, God, during this time, but that you would help us to self-isolate from sin and from things that, maybe it's not sin, but things that are drawing our attention away. And God, I pray for a unique perspective to come across this church, Father, of how to reach people during this time with your love and your grace. And we give thanks in Jesus' name. We're just going to close in a song real quick, and then um, we'll close in prayer. Okay.
message of love to those around us, Lord. And we give you thanks in the mighty name of Jesus. God bless you. Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you guys for having me today. Thanks for listening. For more information, be sure to check out our Facebook page at Foothill Christian American Canyon.